0: Remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots you've been warned.
1: Listen to their screams.
0: Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to listen to their screams—a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. I am one of your friends, Dave, and we are joined as always by our other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. I had a uh, had a boo bucket from McDonald's today, so I'm feeling pretty uh, pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I-, I-, I get the boo bucket fever. I've already got three of the four. <laughs> I I just need the white one and plus I have the uh, the limited exclusive thing from uh, Burger King. They have a bucket this year that is only available in four metropolitan areas in the country. And one of them happens to be Charlotte, so <laughs> uh so uh, you know through through my hookups in Charlotte, I have one of those now. And they have a a Halloween crown and I have one of those too. So I'm I'm pretty stoked.
1: But, uh, Dave Dave has a Burger King plug and, uh, <laughs> in uh and
0: Charlotte, I guess. <laughs> no, I just know somebody that lives in Charlotte, so they they, they went and got it for me. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I love
1: Burger King. I saw you cause I saw you post on Facebook that you tried the new Ghost Pepper Whopper. How how was that?
0: Um to to be honest, um I didn't try it. That was not mine. Oh okay. <laughs> fair. It was uh it was someone else in the houses, but I told them that before they ate it, I needed to take a picture of it for, you know, cause that's what I do. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for marketing stuff. And, uh, I did try the ghost pepper chicken fries and those are pretty good. Cool. So,
1: cool. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't tried either yet. I'm looking forward to them though.
0: Yeah. I do want to try the whopper, uh, soon, but, uh, that wasn't my craving today. So
1: you're like, I had to have the chicken fries.
0: Yeah. The, they were pretty, they were pretty good. I like them. So. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Boo bug, man. I like pe- seeing all the people that post online and stuff. It's just, it's fun. It's, uh, and it's, you know, just another thing in the spooky season. And, uh, by mm-hmm. the way, they, they've added that fourth one, that purple one that's a vampire. And that one is, uh, primo. That is beautiful. I love the purple vampire one. Uh, that is, uh, that is my favorite of the, the four this year.
1: Yeah. That's the one that so. they gave us down here. So, uh, I was, I was pretty yeah. stoked.
0: Yeah. I like that one. So. Well, all right. Moving on from fast, <laughs> the fast food portion of the show, uh, on today's episode, we are going to review the straight-to-streaming *Pet Cemetery bloodlines, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, before we get to that, though, we have lots of stuff to discuss and talk about, and everything else. Uh, so, Ike, uh, besides the uh, bloodlines, um, what else did you watch this week?
1: Um, yeah, we're, we, me and uh me and Caleb, been going back through and watching a bunch of stuff. Um uh, we, so kind of a weird segue. I, I'll, I'll mention this last. Uh, so we've been watching a bunch of stuff. Uh, we rewatched, um, Casper for the one from like 1995, I think, uh, with, uh, with Christina Ritchie. It's on, uh, it's mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's very nostalgic for me. I used to watch it a lot as a kid. Um, I was, I was a young kid, mind you, because I I was born in 95. So I was really young when it was on VHS. um, and for people who maybe are listening to this that are younger than even, than even I, VHS is the little tapes they used to put in the player. Uh, <laughs> I kid. Um,
0: and I always like the uh, most of the kids' type movies like that and everything else. but well, those those big clamshell, those big yes plastic clamshell ones.
1: I love those. Th- those are the best, truly.
0: Yeah, those um, are like uh, Disney movies and all that stuff. They were in those. So.
1: Yeah, the little the, the what was it the red diamond like Disney mm-hmm. tapes and all that stuff, but. Good stuff. But yeah, so I watched Casper. Um, we watched some odds and ends. We watched Halloween scream, just some weird stuff. Um, but we also watched the first six episodes of the new goosebumps television series, uh, on Disney plus. It was extremely good. Um, I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, definitely a fresh take on some of the old goosebumps. The old goosebumps obviously has sort of like the campiness, you know what I mean? They're not great, but they're all right. Um, but uh yeah, we watched the new one really good, but we also rewatched some of the old ones to get some context for um what the newer ones were about. But uh in doing so, and this is kind of i gonna mentioned earlier, in doing so, I found a very weird pipeline from Goosebumps to a few other TV shows. So oh. for for people who maybe don't know, Goosebumps was filmed in Canada. Most of it was filmed in Canada. Uh-oh. Um So there is a lot of crossover between fucking Goosebumps, Supernatural, and a Canadian-like sitcom – not a sitcom, but kind of a crime drama called Murdoch Mysteries. Mm -hmm. So there's like – everybody who's ever been in Goosebumps has probably appeared either in Murdoch Mysteries or Supernatural as like a background character.
0: (laughs) Are are we talking about the new Goosebumps, the old Goosebumps, or what? The old Goosebumps. Okay, gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The old goosebumps. And, yeah, and I, I see crazy. that all the time.
0: I mean, all the time we'll be watching stuff, and I'll be like, freeze, i like, oh, you know who that was? They played that so-and-so in that episode of Supernatural. And I see them all the time. And then when you start seeing multiples and stuff, you start saying, okay, yeah, this show was probably filmed in the Vancouver area. Yeah. Because that's that's where Supernatural was filmed. And Supernatural, you know, was notorious, like lots of shows. They they reused a lot of actors. And, you know, actors appeared in multiple episodes. And some of them, they're hard to pick out, you know, because they completely changed their look, but there's a there's many actors and actresses that are in multiple episodes, but I do that all the time. I'll watch something and I'm all the time catch. We just did it with um, what did we? Oh, we we started to watch uh Gen V. We we watched the first episode of Gin V, the uh, the boys uh, new series that's out on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And um, one of the main actresses in, in that show uh was in a couple two different episodes of Supernatural, and um, that also in Gin V. Is, uh, the actor that played Jack in Supernatural. Now this okay. all makes a lot of sense because The Boys was developed for TV by Eric Kripke, who created Supernatural. So he, <laughs> he, he has his guys he likes. I mean, like, you know, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's going to be in, uh, the next season of The Boys. Of course, you know, Jason Ackles was in The Boys. Um, uh, uh, shoot, Jim Beaver that played Bobby Singer was in The Boys. There's, there's lots of people where it crosses over because. You know, producers, creators, directors, you know, when they, it, it trickles down. When they do a show, they, they have the people they like to work with and they know we'll get the job done. And then, you know, they, so they have certain directors and certain writers. And then those people have certain actors and, and crew they like to work with. And it, and it ends up, you see a lot of that, right? I mean, that's just the way it works. So, uh, yeah. But I, again, I, I all the time I'm spotting Supernatural. cause I mean, I love supernatural. And I've seen it so many times all the time spotting people, <laughs> but I was not aware. So when, when was the, the original Goosebumps out? It, it was pre
1: 2000. Like I think a majority of it was like 93 to 98. So,
0: okay. I mean. So, some of the actors would have been quite a bit younger.
1: Yeah. Like, we're talking like kids. A lot of the kids, they. So, I, so, it's either one or the other. It's either these kids have like a lot of acting credits because they went on to act like in other TV shows and they eventually ended up in. Like I said, Supernatural or Murdoch Mysteries, or like this is their only credit. And and it's super weird. And But like, I mean, it's just like how a lot of those kids actors were for Goosebumps. I mean, Goosebumps was very regional. You know what I mean? It wasn't it it was a North America thing. It it definitely wasn't super well known. I mean, across all of it. I mean, it may be now because it's very readily available. You can watch pretty much any old Goosebump episode on YouTube. But it yeah. was just sort of weird to see all that crossover with those other shows. But I mean, it's, it's Canada. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't imagine their acting pool is, is that large. <laughs> Clearly not.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and when you, um, there are laws, I think in Canada too, when you film, there's a certain percentage of like, I think crew and actors and stuff that have to be Canadian that, and, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's wild how they do that. But like, even like it's supernatural. Some of the early seasons, there's actors and actresses that played kids. That her, you know, because the show ran 15 seasons, so 15 years. Right. And then you'll see him in some of the later seasons back, you know, playing, you know, adults. <laughs> it, it's pretty crazy.
1: I love it. But yeah, so that's pretty much all I watched. And I, I had a kind of a weird, like, rabbit hole with the whole Goosebumps thing. And, uh, but yeah, it, it, it was kind of an eventful week, I would say. I watched a lot of other stuff that I can't remember. Um, you know,
0: yeah, but it was good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watched, I watched several things. Uh, one thing we both watched, we'll, we'll talk about that last. And uh but oh, yeah. again I watched the uh, the second episode of Chucky uh, the the series, which was it was good. I'm still enjoying that uh, and then I watched a lot of the uh a lot of the uh new releases on you know shutter and screen Box this week i watched uh I watched the puppet man, which was not bad. it was pretty decent. Uh, I watched <laughs> hebieGb TV, which is uh very wacky it's just as wacky and wild as it sounds and um it's 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 pretty crazy, but it, it's but it, it was fun too it was pretty clever. Uh, I watched, uh, Shaky Shivers, which I really, really liked. I, I highly advise everybody to watch it. It has a good mix of, of horror and comedy. Um, and it's, it's very clever and it's, it's a fun, fun movie. Um, and then I watched, uh, well, I, and then I watched Hill House LLC. I started to watch because I haven't seen like the sequels. Mm-hmm. There's like three sequels, I think and, that yeah. are like straight to shutter and uh, I've never seen any of those and I haven't seen the first one in a while. So I rewatched the first one with the goal to watch the others, So I'm going to watch my way through all those. And then the final thing we watched, uh, was a, a, a short film, uh, that was sent to us. Uh, let me, uh, I, I guess I should have been ready for this, uh, that was sent to us, uh, through Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, uh, by Vincent Stalba. He reached out to us, uh, about a short film that he has that, uh, is called, uh, fucking nuts and, uh, fucking is, you know, cleverly abbreviated FCK apostrophe N and, uh, he wanted to know that you know if we wanted to see it and wanted to you know told me some about it has been at several film fairs and different things like that and and, and been pretty it's been well received and um uh, wanted to know if we would want to see it and perhaps you know do an interview or a uh, review and uh we you know we don't do we don't do interviews we will at some point I'm sure there'll be somewhere we'll fit some in but you know it's not something we do regularly but uh I did want to do kind of a just a brief review here not you know nothing super in depth uh, again, this was a short film. I think it was what, 12 minutes, something like that. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, this fucking nuts was, it was, it was, it was fun. It was really entertaining. It, it, again, it was, it was wacky, kind of wacky. Um, and, um, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to really give spoilers on this because I really want people to seek this out and, and watch this uh, for some of the big twists. So we let's don't give away the big, the big thing yeah. because, <laughs> because there's, there's a big, a big plot point or the big, whatever reveal moment in this that literally I, I was laughing my ass off when I saw it, because it's not what I expected. Um, at all. I just, I just didn't, I thought it was going another one direction and it totally went another direction that would never cross my mind. Never, not in a million years. And, uh, so that was very, very funny. And, uh, and, and gave it kind of a, a, a real unique twist at the end that was kind of fun. Again, this is very, this thing is very tongue in cheek, very, it's meant to be comical, uh, but it does, you know, it does have horror elements, does have some, you know, some of that campy, you know, in a campy horror way. Um But it was well shot, well acted, well done and produced for, especially for a 12 minute short. Um And it's, it's, it's really, really, it's it was a good time. I liked it. You know, it's a, uh, I, I like how they, they knew, they knew they're laying with this, right? This is not something you could develop into a full, full length feature. They're not enough meat there to it. But for a little 12 minute short, it was, it was perfect. And it, it was a fun, a fun watch. I could see something like this, you know, popping up or, or something similar to this being in a, like an anthology type thing somewhere, you know, and it's what it felt like. Uh, but, but I thought it was a good time and and I thought it was fun. Uh, Hank, what, what did you think of fucking nuts?
1: Oh, I, I fucking love fucking nuts. Let me tell you what. You didn't um, see
0: that. <laughs>
1: It was good. It was good. So, like you said, without, uh, without giving any, you know, major spoilers, um, the, the movie obviously has sort of like a climax slash, uh, big reveal. Um, and like you said, no spoilers because, like you said, I do really want people to see this on their own. This is definitely something you need to experience without having it spoiled. I want to give them a bunch of kudos, but the big ones that I want to give them is first and foremost, the sound for this, the music. Yeah. Oh, so good i love that kind of style of music like that sort of ethereal um kind of throwback-esque music because it, it's clear that they're trying to kind of make it seem like these you know they're kind of from the maybe the 80s ish maybe earlier um just kind of based on how they were dressed and you know it, it it was just the music was really good and for what it was it actually built tension very well um you know, it wasn't necessarily scary, but it 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 did a very good job of setting the scene, setting the mood, and building tension. Obviously, this seems sort of like a prototype film, so maybe just to kind of you know get some ideas on paper, maybe maybe get them to um you know get some meat before they you know really try and bite down on something. But um, I, I think that it, I think that there's a lot of promise with these filmmakers. I mean, obviously, I'm just some you know some fucking nobody who lives in middle nowhere florida or whatever so obviously take this with a grain of salt but um in, in terms of like film elements this had a lot of really good technical stuff that i feel like you don't get in a lot of major motion pictures nowadays um and, and even those are only a 12 minute short film they, they fit plenty in that 12 minute short film to make it feel full so um definitely if you have a chance to check it out I would, I would love to see this like in an anthology, like you said somewhere. Um, or, you know, I, I, I do want to see more from these creators because it's just they, they do, they do very well with what they have. And I think it was, it was really good for what it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, uh, and, and I was looking up just some details on this. Uh, Vincent Salva, who reached out to me, uh, plays, plays Dan, the main guy in the, in the, in, <laughs> in the short. And, um, and uh and he may have i mean i'm not sure i i you know i haven't super dove into this. he may have some hand in the uh, in the producing side of it or the writing side too i'm i'm assuming there's probably guys you know people that did multiple jobs on this uh, you know being a, a little independent short
1: sure. right uh,
0: and from what i'm seeing it does not look like it's uh it's available for public consumption just yet because they're still doing lots and lots of showings at film fests uh, conventions uh, different things like that it, it's uh, as i've scrolled through his his feed they're they're out there doing all kinds of showings. I mean just it's it seems like on a weekly basis they're showing this thing somewhere else. So it's still very active out there and they're pushing it. Um you know, I could see this thing completely getting picked up by one of the the horror streaming services and uh you know being and put on one of their on their services. Um uh, but it's a fun watch. So um keep an eye out for that again. It's 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 fucking nuts. Uh, FCK apostrophe in nuts. Uh if you want to follow Vincent, he's uh you can go on X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it these days. <laughs> uh, at Vincent underscore Stalba, S-T-A-L-B-A. And, uh, if you make contact with him or anything else or speak to him, just, just tell him that we sent you and, uh, tell him that we, you know, we appreciated his film. Uh, I'm sure he will be checking this out. He was very curious to see what we thought of it. Um, uh, so I, uh, let's go ahead and let's, let's, let's give a rating to it. Um, again, this is kind of unique. We've never done a short like this. And, uh, so it, it's, it's like we don't have a lot to compare it to, right? Cause you can't really compare it to a full length film per se because it's a different, it's a different beast. But if we use kind of our standard judgment process of, you know, three being middle of the ground, uh, you know, we enjoyed it, but it was, yeah, nothing bad, nothing great, but it was enjoyable. Um, I really, I really think I have to give this just a notch above and I think I have to give this a three and a half because this was really, really fun. Uh, it it like like we both said, it it knew what it had to do, right? It, it it got in, did a lot in 12 minutes, kept your interest, and then and bam, hit you with something and got out. It didn't, you know, it didn't do anything to 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 ruin the mood, to ruin the, the the feel of it. Um, and it was just, it was just, it felt, it just felt perfect, right? It felt like it fit right where it should. Uh, didn't didn't leave you thinking, well, there's, you know, that that was about four minutes too long. Um, and it didn't really make you feel like, oh, you needed, you know, should have told more. It, it just felt like it was right where it needed to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think typically it would be around a three, really enjoyable. But that the reveal just got me so, so much. It just cracked me up. It was so, so, so funny that I think it's going to bump it up a five, another half a, a point for me.
1: Gotcha. You know, normally I would probably agree with you, three and a half out of five. Um, but I don't know, I, this movie, this little short film, it really is, because I, I watched it multiple times, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I really enjoyed it the first time, so I watched it a couple more times. Um, and, you know, and I just, honestly, I think that all of the elements put together, um, they made it very short and concise, you know, the the acting was actually solid, in my opinion, you know what I mean, better than some of the horror acting that we see today. Um, and, and, just the sound and the audio and the music was so good. Um, I think I would have to put this up at a four. In terms of a short film, I think this would give, this would strike me as a four. Um, you know, I, like I said, normally able to probably agree with three and a half, but I, I think I'm going to have to go just a step further just because honestly, the music really hooked me. It, I, hearing that music just like scratches an itch in my brain for some reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, four, four out of five for me.
0: There you go, then. A consensus three and three quarters. For fucking nuts. Again, whenever, however, this gets put out there, or if you have a chance to see it at a, a you know, a film fest or, or something like that, go do it. It's, it's a good time. It's fun. And, uh, like you said, I, I look forward to, to seeing more from these creators. So, uh, there you go. That's our, that's our opening. And it's time then for our weekly segment. Stump the co-host. And this week we are playing Stump the co-host. That is our trivia game that Ike and I compete with. Uh, we each draw two cards out of the exact same uh, – we both have the exact same horror trivia deck. We each draw two cards, which is four questions. There's two questions per card, and we alternate asking each other questions uh, and then see who wins uh, this round. And then at the end of the year, we will proclaim uh, the, uh, the show Trivia Champ, which uh, as it stands right now, uh, Ike is leading – with three wins, no losses and three draws. So, uh, my, my hole's getting deeper. There's only so many, you know, we don't do this every week. So there's only going to be so many rounds of this left. So to make this thing interesting, I, I got to put a run on here and, and tie this thing up quick and, uh, you know, try to send this thing uh, down to the wire. We'll see what happens. So Ike, do you have your cards ready? I surely do. All right. Since, uh, hey, you, since, since I'm, Since I'm fighting from the cellar here, I'm going to make the choice here, and I'm going to choose – I'm going to choose to go first this time. I think I typically put you on the spot, but I'm going to see if I can't put you on the defensive here, and I'll take the first question. Sounds like a plan. Your first question is, the
1: 1972 version of The Last House on the Left was the directorial debut for which director?
0: Oh, I want to say it was Wes Craven. That is correct. I actually tried to make that more, uh, cliffhanger than it is. I knew it was left great. It was great.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. Good deal. Who jumped out there. Let's see what happens. Here is your, oh man. Uh, we'll see. This is, I'm not sure this is in your time period here. What 2014 movie involves a story of two siblings battling a supernatural mirror?
1: Oh, uh, that's, uh, oh shit. O- is that Oculus?
0: That is Oculus, correct. Okay, so now I'm back to square one here. Here we go. (laughs) All right, right. break on. Question two for me.
1: Numero dos. We have this Twilight Zone-esque Netflix series taps into our collective unease with our modern world and the dangers of advanced technology. Hmm. It's a Netflix series. It kind of has the uh, anthology-esque... Feel of Twilight Zone where each episode is a little, it has, is basically different,
0: uh, but it's on Netflix. I I feel like I'm going to know this, but uh, for some reason, ooh, I don't know. For some reason, I'm just shooting a blank. What is it? It is Black Mirror. Ah yes. Crap. Well, now here we are again. <laughs> ah, all right. Uh, ooh, wrong card. Here we go. Your second question. What are the three simple rules for taking care of a Mogwai that must never be broken in the movie Gremlins?
1: Oh man. So obviously you don't, don't feed them after midnight.
0: That is one correct.
1: Um, don't get them wet.
0: That is two correct.
1: And, uh, no bright lights. Is that right?
0: That is correct. Okay. <laughs> and I had to push for that Gremlins watch a few <laughs> months back ah oh, boy here we are now i'm, now I'm battling from behind again <laughs> come on i can do this question three go ahead all
1: right which actress plays a psychotherapist who enters the mind of a comatose serial killer in the 2000 film the cell
0: uh, yeah i don't think i've ever seen this movie my knowledge but, uh, let me guess i'll just shoot a shot and say, uh, what the fuck? Th- Jody Foster.
1: No, it is Jennifer Lopez.
0: <laughs> oh my God. That's why I haven't seen that
1: movie. Fair.
0: <laughs> Not a JLo fan.
1: Not a JLo fan.
0: Oh boy. Here we go. What is Norman Bates' hobby in the movie Psycho?
1: Um, he likes to. Honestly, I don't remember. Um, does he like to uh? What is it? I don't know what it's called, but like when you stuff animals.
0: Yes. Yeah. This taxidermy. Okay. Taxidermy. <laughs> Damn it! See, I've already lost this one. God! <laughs> I started so well too. All okay. right, quick, give me my fourth question. It doesn't matter, but let's bring it on.
1: You'll get this one. What is the name of the sequel to Ridley Scott's Alien?
0: Uh, aliens. That is correct. Damn it! Why can't I get more questions like that? <laughs> Get fucking questions about J-Lo movies.
1: <laughs> I i have never heard of that movie, so I don't—I I, don't—I don't blame
0: you on that one. I would have gotten that one wrong. Do I look like I'm a fan of Jenny from the Block? No, I'm not.
1: I'm still—I'm still Jenny. Fr- oh, I better not sing that. That might be copyrighted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want the J-Lo hate coming down on us. She'll I was send, gonna say she'll send Ben Affleck to get us. Hey, I'll talk to Ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck. Me too. Talk, let's talk some phantoms, baby.
1: That's right. I love phantoms. It's cool. Me too. I haven't seen that
0: in a while. Like they say in uh, whichever Kevin Smith movie is yo, phantoms is the bomb, yo. <laughs> All right. What TV show remake is based on a 1985 movie starring Michael J. Fox as a high school basketball player?
1: Um, that's uh, it's, he's is a wolf. Um, Teen Wolf is it, isn't it?
0: Yes, that is Teen Wolf. God dang it. See, I would got that one. Even though I've never watched the show, but <laughs> I've watched You're
1: like I, I like, I know Michael J. Fox.
0: <laughs> I know that movie. Oh, well. So you won again. I don't know why we play this game. <laughs> Let's take a break because, you know, I got to cower in the corner. And when we come back, we'll have something that's going to perk me up. We'll have news and birthdays and anniversaries and all that fun stuff. So stick around. Make sure you subscribe to Listen to Their Screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com, Screams Shirts. Spread the news. Spread the news.
1: Spread the news. And we are back with the news. You heard that right. And starting us off at the top. A very, very, very cool thing that just happened. We have saw the Jigsaw Trials, a tabletop game, is has come and it is on the Kickstarter. Um, now, you're, Dave, you're gonna have to remind me uh, what is what is the Kickstarter? What is the company's name that's doing this?
0: Um, I don't know. I will uh, <laughs> <laughs> give me give me a moment. You well while he first. does
1: yeah, while he does that there, this Kickstarter, because I already forgot the name of the company, I apologize, but the Kickstarter for this game is going to be live on october thirty first. That's right. At the end of October, we're gonna have a Kickstarter for a jigsaw trials tabletop game. So Dave's gonna get this information for us on who it is, but we will have the link uh, in the show notes in the description and whatnot. um so you guys will be able to actually click it and figure it out yourself. So feel free to look it up.
0: It is uh, it is made by Iconic Studios. That is I-C-O-N-I-Q Studios, the designer of the upcoming officially licensed tabletop game based on the Saw Film franchise.
1: There you go. But this is going to be called, again, Saw, The Jigsaw Trials. This tabletop game is a two-to-six-player competitive game where players combine cards to build traps and set them against other players. It has a jigsaw damage system where you swap out limbs as they take damage. The game is won when only one of you is left alive. Now, when you uh, there is a whole trailer for this that has a lot of information too. Uh, but one of the cool aspects of this game too is that the premise is that you are a candidate be- to become basically the next Jigsaw. Um, so you have to create traps, but you also have to survive traps. Um, so it's basically creating the best of both worlds. Um, you get to be Jigsaw, but you also get to survive Jigsaw. So uh very cool, very awesome, very excited for this. Um you know, definitely um if you can, you know, support the Kickstarter. Um w- w- I'm a huge fan of Saul, so obviously I'm going to tell you to support it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty cool because there's a uh, there's you know cards for the characters, whichever character you play. But the cards are not they're very unique as in, they're 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 puzzles essentially. And when uh you're in traps and things are going on and you get hurt you can switch out body, the body parts on the pieces. So you start whole. And then if you get like something happens to your left arm, you remove the piece that's the left arm, put in the next piece, which shows it hurt, injured. And then if it does again, you can remove it and put in the piece where like maybe the left arm is missing and that it interchanges. So your card that that shows depicts your character, uh, actually, you know, you switch out the stuff so that you can see where you are visually and, and have a visual context kind of like your, you know, kind of like you're watching the movie, right? As things develop and things happen to the characters, you can see it there unfold as you switch out the pieces. And it, so it's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty clever. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's very simple, a very simple concept, just a little, you know, whatever it is, five, five, six piece puzzle, essentially yeah. it's all it is. And that's a, uh, you know, it's very unique. I, that's pretty cool. Uh, but there's different things, you know, that you can hit their specialty cards. Um, but in all that, it, it talks about it in the trailer, uh, not only in the the show notes will we have a link to the Kickstarter, but we'll also have a link to the trailer so that that if people, you know, if it's perked their interest, they can go watch that.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Uh, But I'm super stoked for it. So uh, we'll let you guys know if we hear any other updates or news about it. Uh, But there you go. So strong start. And we're going to keep going strong because we have some other cool news for you. Uh, We actually tweeted about it, but Miramax, well, I guess it's not called tweeting anymore. But anyways, Miramax has acquired the What do you rights. call it? Xing?
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean what's well they they I'm sure they have a name for it. But uh post I guess it's just posting. I don't know. It's Twitter. I'm sorry, Elon. Actually I'm not sorry. But uh <laughs> go on, I'm sorry. Yeah, this was this was gigantic news. This is this is news that we couldn't sit on until the show. We had to put this out there immediately. Uh and yeah. we'll talk about this because it was really wild. It's really It was a unique day. So go ahead and finish out, and then we'll talk about it a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Um, but there was a little bit of back and forth, but Miramax has acquired the rights to the Halloween tr- franchise, and that does include TV rights, and there is discussion of a series. There was a poll that we held on Twitter, and we asked if you were excited about the franchise expanding to include a series. Um, now, 59% of you said no. 41% of you said yes. Um, but here's the thing. Just based on sort of where we're going with this and what's kind of been announced, I think Halloween would greatly benefit from a reboot, and I think it would greatly benefit from a TV show. I think that it should—basically, we need to start over. You know what I mean? We've closed out the original Jamie Lee Curtis timeline, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's done. That's over with. I love Jamie Lee, but she's not going to be, you know, she's not going to be the character anymore. She, that's not her. Yeah. So, um, you know, basically, I think at this point, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to, again, get kind of hung up on the nostalgia of it. But I think it's really important to remember that these franchises are they're made to last. They're made to be, you know, proliferated into oblivion. So um, I think it'll be good. I think a TV show is what it needs, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, I think we I think we actually talked about this a ways back on an episode. I don't know how we got into it or got into it. maybe it was during one of our Halloween uh, the, the 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 recent films uh, maybe Halloween or something. I don't know what it was, but we I think we discussed that uh, Halloween I think would work for a series. Yeah. And I, I I think from what I'm seeing online, a lot of people's trepidation is I think they really wanted to see it get away from Miramax. And I think there, so. I see all kinds of people saying, "Oh well, we're gonna have another Halloween resurrection. We're gonna have the and that's what they think is going to happen in 20, you know, the 2020s. And it's not because it's a different, it's different, right? It's different now. And, um, and, and I think, I just think a series would be a breath of fresh air and it could be something they could do. Um, I think you're right. I think they need to close out. I would love, and it, it, it won't happen. And I know some people will instantly scoff at what I say, but I wish they would actually kind of somehow dip back into the cold of thorn stuff. I know those are some of the movies that when we we're going to rank next week. Yeah. They they're not going to rank super high for me probably overall some of them. But I think there's some meat there that in modern times that they had the right writers could do something fun and creative with it that would allow them to do something outside the Laurie Strode stuff. And um I'm not saying it has to be exactly what it was before. But I'm saying I'm saying there could be some of that in there they could you know they could uh, if they did a series they could pull in some elements from halloween 3 and and things that don't really fit neatly in with the michael myers timeline and they could they could pull that in and 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 tie it all together and make this universe um people are so hung up looking back and and get hung up that oh i i hated resurrection and i hated these this part and this part and what it what it became and this all we're just going to get more I, you know, I don't, will you? I mean, it's, it's different now. And I, I really think everybody, whatever franchise it is, and whatever movie it is, whatever is being put out there, particularly by big studios, they're all, they all understand you can't just throw something out there and, and it, it be okay. They're seeing these mega hits for the context of horror that's, that's out there, you know, smile. And, 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 and all these other movies that are huge at the box office. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Now, horror is consistently, you know, leading on their opening weekends at box office, but you can also see movies, you know, like Exorcist Believer, which underachieved from what they hoped, even though right. it, it, it did okay, but it not what, what they wanted. And some of these type things. So they know that, Hey, you can't just ride on that name. It's not like the '80s and '90s where they, oh, we just put Michael Myers in it, put Halloween on it, it'll be good, it'll it'll sell. People will come see. Well, there's a lot more competition for viewing now, and a lot more competition in the theater. So I, I I mean, I think no matter who won the rights, I I think there's going to be a little more care put into it, right? There's going to be some context, and you're going to have people attached to it who are who are invested because most of them probably grew up loving these movies. So. Um Now, there was – it was a wild day because there was lots of people reporting that A24 had locked up the, the rights. Yeah. Uh, so much so that we put a thing out saying that too, but we did say, hey, this is not confirmed. No official source has has put this out there. Uh So, you know, take it for what it is, but there are lots of people saying it. There were so many people that you felt like it could have just been somebody BSing and, and it caught wind because it it – it happened too quick by too many people, uh, and I, I some a lot of people that I don't think would just purely pick up something, and and everybody believes that hey you know a twenty four was there and they they pretty much had it and then Miramax swept in at the last minute and kind of whatever outbid or or whatever they had to do, uh, so you know while it would have been curious to see what a twenty four would have done with it, again I don't I don't know you know it, it's going to be okay, and uh, let's just. Let's don't prejudge and predetermine something yeah. that's not even begun to be, you know, not even begin to be written yet or anything. Let's let's see what they put out there. Like, out.
1: This motherfucker is not even in pre-production. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 see. And let's just be hopeful. Right. Let's let's yeah. be be thankful that, you know, there's something some more coming, something new coming. Um Yeah. You know, and I, I hear everybody say, oh, it needs a little break. Well, there's don't be a little break. It's not like. They signed a deal and they're going to churn a movie out by spring. It's, you know, there'll be there'll be a gap here where, you know, it'll happen. And I'm telling you, I, I don't know. I, I like the series ideal. I really think this is horror series has shown what they can do. And, I you know, I think it's time for these big franchises who have a dozen movies already under the belt to try something different. And And let's see how that works. Right. You can. I mean, essentially, what you—you know—if you have a ten-episode series, it's essentially it, it's like one movie broken into ten parts. So it's not like it's that I don't know, people. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just—I just—I I think horror series are—they're really working right now, and they're yeah. really—they're really—it's a—it's a—a nice thing, and it's—they're being well done, and there's streaming services for this stuff, and it's—it's it's cool. Let's see one of these. You know, we're gonna get the Crystal Lake thing, and. Let's see these big franchises try it too, right? We, let's, let's see what it's like and see what they can do with it. Cause that's exciting to me to see them try something different and see, see what it is.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I think it's like you said, I think the big thing is, is, you know, let's just wait and see, see how it happens. And if it's bad, we'll talk about it. <laughs> that's all, yeah. that's all we can, that's all you can do, but, uh, All right. We're going to move on from Halloween for right now, but just be, just keep in mind, we will come back to it, uh, literally next week because we're Mm -hmm. doing our franchise review next week. But also, this is going to be an ongoing thing. There's going to be more news about it. So you'll, you'll hear more about it very soon. I'm sure. (laughs) Yep. But all right. Moving on. The first teaser trailer for Stream was released. So this movie is uh, coming from the producers and the team behind Terrifier 2, and it will star Daniel Harris. Jeffrey Combs, Dee Wallace, Tony Todd, David Howard Thornton, Daniel Roebuck, Melissa Rose, and more. There is no release date for this movie, but the trailer is out. And boy, oh boy, is that a is that a cacophony of uh, B movie glory and cast list.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty pretty. Yeah, this is a movie I've been anticipating, and uh, you know they 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 put pictures out and stuff, and it's like, oh, give us something, give us up. And now they put this teaser trailer there and I saw it and it's like, oh man, this looks so fun. And I'm super, I'm super psyched. I can't wait till they announce a date and put out some more trailers and, uh, you know, see how it's going to be released. Uh, I I kind of assume it's going to, I don't know. I, I, my, my gut says it'll be a straight to screen box type thing. Yeah. Because the, uh, the, the producers behind Terrifier do have a working relationship with them. So I, I see that, you know, being it absolutely nothing, no, no reason to think that other than just. Past history in a gut. Uh, gut feeling. But whatever the case may be, I'm super stoked for this movie.
1: Yep. absolutely. I'm stoked as well. Obviously, i love anything from the creators uh, behind Terrifier. Can't beat that. Uh, and then uh, in very quick fashion, it was announced that the next VHS movie will be coming in 2024. You heard that right. Next year, we will have a new VHS film, and it will feature found footage sci-fi segments um you know we love we love a found footage movie we love vhs there are very few found footage uh sci-fi movies that are like aliens or anything like that that i can think of um maybe fourth kind and is kind of a found footage-esque movie um and there's another one i can't remember what's called though but there is another one that i i remember it being pretty good but in any case it's kind of an unused genre Uh, but it is not an unused genre for VHS. VHS has, uh, broached the sci-fi territory a few times in the past. Um, so this will be no different, and I think it'll be very good.
0: Yeah. Um, I wish they kind of kept with the year thing, but, you know, there's still going to be a theme to it. So I think it'll still, it'll still be okay. It'll still work. I'll still enjoy it. Uh, but I don't know what you're saying because I, I really feel like, uh, you know, found alien found footage could have just, really been the original because you know back in the 80s or whatever they they tried to sell us on the alien autopsy uh, footage that you know and they put <laughs> it out there hosted by you know yeah uh, captain Riker from a uh, star trek the next generation and all that and whatever and uh you know try to sell it to us that it was real and yeah so j- i joke i joke
1: <laughs> that's absolutely right uh but yeah it'll be good i think i think that this will hopefully they will stick with the years maybe they'll go back to like the 60s or something and it'd be kind of like a roswell thing who knows but uh all right moving on the movie zombie plane has been announced featuring uh wow vanilla ice and chuck norris Mm -hmm. playing themselves Mm -hmm. um it is described as celebrities team up to contain a contagion on a flight before the plane is shot out of the sky um Okay. I mean, cool. I don't know what to say about this other than, okay. Um, I, I don't have high hopes for it. I'll tell you that much. No. Um, but no, hey, no, no,
0: <laughs> no, I'm sure this is a wacky ass, going to be a wacky ass bad movie. But when I saw this, you know, a movie that has vanilla ice and Chuck Norris, I'm like, Oh yeah, we got to, we got to report that. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, it, uh, it'll be fun if for no other reason to see that. So.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that, that's all you can say. It, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, Chuck Norris. I haven't heard that name in forever. I feel like he's probably, what, in his 80s now, and he's still doing, like, I, yeah, movies and stuff? All right. Anywho, Piper Laurie, who played the mother in Carrie, also starred in many other films, uh, did unfortunately pass away a few days ago on the 14th at the age of 91, so... Um, obviously, you know, the original Carrie, which uh, I'm assuming that this is from with Sissy Spacek was a, uh, an iconic horror film of that time. It's also a Stephen King film and. Um, you know, it, it's obviously it's it's has a lot of I would say um generational impact because I feel like every like 10, 15, 20 years, <laughs> they make a new one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carrie is one of the first and greatest of those Stephen King movies and uh, definitely will be missed. Um, you know, a member of the community nonetheless,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she also got, had a lot of acclaim in a movie called The Hustler with Paul Newman. It's not a horror movie, but it, it was a big, big movie. I think in the seventies, but, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a big deal. So, uh, you know, whatever. Godspeed.
1: That's right. And then, uh, on the the converse there, we have some upcoming birthdays. Uh, these are some pretty big ones. I think I remember some of these from last year. Um, but as we say, October apparently is the, is the right time for movie releases and apparently birthdays. Um, so October 20th, 1882, we have the original Dracula, Bela Lugosi. Um, obviously, we've sung the praises of the original uh monster films, and Dracula is no, you know, it's it is no exception to that rule. Uh, Bella Lugosi is obviously iconic and legendary. Uh, I know Dave, he loves Dracula.
0: <laughs> yep, I do. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, like you said, we've talked about it enough, I don't, you know, I don't need to go any further, but. Uh It is does bear repeating that you know when people think vampire, they envision some form close to Bela Lugosi. Uh, his his look in the movie with the cape and the little pendant, you know the 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 iron cross pendant and the slick back hair with the whatever they call that the widow's peak thing or whatever it's called in the front and the and that stare and and blah 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 that that's all Bela Lugosi. So that is you know he not just him but the the whole film and everything. Uh, pretty much laid the foundation for the, the public perception of vampires overall <laughs> for you know over a hundred years. Yeah. Or almost a hundred years.
1: <laughs> almost a hundred years. We're almost there. Yeah. Uh, but very much so, very much so. And then uh, on October twenty first, nineteen fifty six, uh, we have Carrie Fisher, uh, who of course we all know from Star Wars, but was also in Scream three for a, a little little cheeky cameo. Um. Love, love Carrie Fisher. Obviously, we we lost her a, a few years ago, but um, iconic nonetheless. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, like she was in Scream 3. So, you know, there is that reason to mention her. But I'm I'm big in a Star Wars fan that I would have mentioned her anyway, just because there's 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 <laughs> certain people that that transcend to that next level of, hey, you know, you got to say something no matter what. So
1: absolutely. And then on October 22nd, 1952, we have Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, of course, from such amazing movies as the Jurassic Park films, *In uh, the Fly*. Um, Jurassic Park, I feel like, is an underrated, but I would definitely call it a horror film. Um, I feel like a lot of people just consider it like a dinosaur movie, but I would put the original in the category at least of a thriller. Um, it, it can be pretty scary if you kind of think of the implications.
0: It, yeah, I mean, it's it's a monster movie. Yes, yeah. it's what it is. It's a monster movie. I mean, that. That scene with the T Rex and them and that, you know, the kids and, and Alan Grant and Jeff Goldblum in that car, um, or whatever it is, you know, the one, the one vehicle and it gets flipped over and pressed into the mud and then knocked off the, le- that whole scene is, it's, that is suspenseful and terrifying. And, um, it is, it's just a monster movie. You know, yep. take out, you know, these are re, you know, regenerated dinosaurs, but you can take out a dinosaur and put whatever you want, they're Godzilla or whatever, and it's same concept. So,
1: absolutely. Love it, love love dinosaurs, love monsters, love Jeff Goldblum. Uh, <laughs> on October 23rd in 1959, we have Sam Raimi, the director of the Evil Dead series. Sam Raimi's obviously done other stuff. That's such a Spider Man, and uh, uh, he also did the uh, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Sam Raimi is uh, iconic in so many ways. Um, obviously, fantastic with the Evil Dead series. So uh, we we obviously love we love some Sam Raimi up in here.
0: Yes, I do. I love I love all the Rameys. They're all great. Uh you know you know his brother Ted was great too. I always like seeing him again, another guy that was in an episode of Supernatural. Uh but it's a I I like all the Rameys. They're all fun. But uh yeah, I mean it's wild Sam Raimi, you know, from, gone from a whatever creating a, a little whatever student film with Bruce Campbell, a, you know, student short that evolved into the Evil Dead movies to, you know, I mean the guy ended up directing the the Spider Man, the one Spider Man trilogy, which was freaking monstrous and, you know, successes and it's it's wild how these uh how these things happen.
1: Yeah, it, it is truly it is truly fascinating to to see, you know, him go from, like you said, literally a, a, a student film and that that turned into the Evil Dead, which the Evil Dead in and of itself has become a wildly successful um, you know, concept and you mm-hmm. know series. But like you said, he, he, literally directed freaking Spider-Man and then, uh, and then literally a, a Doctor Strange movie and probably one of the, uh, most popular franchises of all time in the Marvel series. So, yep. um, I digress. Uh, Sam Raimi's a legend.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, and then on October 24th, 1957, we have, uh, hopefully I pronounced this the right John Cassier, mm-hmm. um, who is the voice of the crypt keeper. So, um, Yep. Very cool. Very cool. I did not know who that guy's name, unfortunately, but, uh, it is good to know.
0: Yep. Love, the, love the Crypt Keeper. I was a huge Tales from the Crypt guy. I love that series. And yep. He, uh, as far as I know, he is always the guy that does the voice of the Crypt Keeper. I don't think there's been ever, there was a short lived animated series about the Crypt Keeper and Tales from the Crypt. And, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure if he did the voice of that, but. I am assuming he does because he does primarily voice it is a primarily a voice actor. He does has done some other stuff, but so I, I, I believe if there's been anything with the Crypt Keeper talking, he has done it.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Upcoming movie anniversaries. So if you guys want something else to watch, you know, here are some anniversary movies that you might want to check out. October nineteenth, two thousand seven, we have thirty days of night. Uh, 30 days of night uh i i love 30 days of night it's definitely sort of a um a departure from your standard vampire movie um and it's really good i mean it, it's a solid movie the sequel not so much but the first one's good i, I really like it
0: yeah it's it's very unique to th- think of that uh the concept of you know how you get you know some 30 days of night in, you know in, in the whatever the north whatever you call it the northwest alaska and all that area and uh it's pretty cool to think of that the vampires in that area what what would you do you know because you know that sticking to the folktales you know that vampires don't come out in sun and blah 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 so yeah it's it's pretty wild
1: yeah definitely something to keep in mind if you live in Alaska i guess uh, <laughs> but uh october 21st 1988 we have halloween 4, the return of michael myers um now halloween four of course is the uh sort of the first step in the mark of the curse of thorn series if that makes sense um just because after season of the witch um you know they 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 kind of departed away from the uh anthology series and they started saying okay let's start looking at the curse of thorn and that's sort of what four five and six um establishes and then kind of follows through on so halloween four you know, I like it. I like all the Halloween movies to some respect, uh, some more than others, as we will find out next week. Uh, yep. But uh, I love it. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, It's a uh, yeah. I, I love the uh, I love the Halloween franchise. It's one of those. Me and Monica have that these discussions all the time of why we have favorite horror movies, right, and, and favorite films in these series. We always have the, a discussion that we we always seem to come back to is you know which iconic series has is best overall. The overall quality of movies from start to finish, if you take them all into account, right? And you can't put any of them away. And, um, you know, and, and Halloween's up there for me, right? I, because there are, some, there are some stinkers, quote unquote, but you know, it's, eh, there's, there's likable parts about them all. Uh, but that is a discussion that we have often. And, and uh, that's a discussion I think uh, we should have on the show at some point. I think it'd be fun, fun talk to have that we'll take some, uh, a few iconic series that have like the most movie installments. And uh we will think we'll, we'll do a ranking of what we think is the best series overall. If you take every movie in the series into account, you know, which has the least variance in quality and, and, and enjoy it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd be down for that. Um I, I already have a few in mind, so
0: <laughs> yeah, I already, I'm, I already have a pretty definitive answer in the top of my head of, of what I like. It, it depends. It depends on where we cut off the number of movies, too.
1: Yeah. So, absolutely. but that's a
0: that, that's a future discussion.
1: Yeah, something for the new year, something to keep on mind. Very good. All right, and uh, keeping it on the Halloween train. Uh, you know, like we said, we we've talked about these movies before, but and I won't dwell on it too much, I guess. But October twenty second, nineteen eighty two, Halloween three, the season of the witch. Um, a very underrated entry into the Halloween franchise. Nothing to do with Michael Myers. It was, you know, Carpenter's original, um, his original thought process, what he wanted to do originally, which was an anthology. And, um, it's very good. It's very good. It's also very often overlooked.
0: Yeah. And, uh, anybody that knows me knows my thoughts on this film. Anybody that's listening to this podcast knows my thoughts on this film. I'm not going to repeat any of them right now because again, we're talking about this franchise next week, next episode. Uh, so I will, I'll give all my opinions next week. We'll just hold up to that.
1: There you go. Have a happy Halloween. Love that song. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) October 25th, 1978, we of course have the original Halloween, uh, John Carpenter's masterpiece. Um, like we said, we, you, we all, you all know that we both love Halloween at this point. We've talked about it in the last two here and we both know we love the original Halloween. It's great. And we're going to talk about it more next week, but there you go. That's, that's also an anniversary.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it, it's, again, the 45th anniversary, all right? This is a big year, 45 years since the first one. And this is the reason that next week we're doing the franchise episode, because uh our next episode after this one drops on the 26th, the day after this anniversary. So that's why we're doing the franchise, right? The, to celebrate the 45th anniversary of the original film, uh, we're going to discuss the entire franchise.
1: Very, very cool. It'll be a good time, Uh so don't miss out on next episode. Uh, we I always like doing our franchise reviews. Um, they mm-hmm. get they can get a little fun, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have some upcoming releases. Uh, we have Cobweb coming to Hulu on October twentieth, this Friday. Uh, we've reviewed Cobweb before, so if you want to check out our review, check out that episode. We both liked it for the most part. Um, and now it will be for everyone's viewing pleasure on Hulu.
0: Yep, yep. I don't I don't remember much about the review. <laughs> I fucked so much since that it's like sitting trying to think Cobweb. What was yeah, I remember bits and pieces, but I'd have to have her. I can't speak much of it. I can't remember a whole lot about it right now off the top of my head. <laughs> no, that's quite all I'll right. Have I'll <laughs> have to watch it on Hulu on October 20th. There you go. All right. And then Saul
1: X is coming out on Video On Demand on October 20th as well, and will release on physical media November 21st. Um, again, we recently reviewed Saul X. We both really enjoyed Saul X. We both really enjoy Saul. So we're going to obviously encourage you to watch this movie
0: absolutely yeah this is one of those deals where it comes you know the video on demand but it's at a little bit higher price point that uh you know video at home or theater at home thing so but it's that but it'll be out there for people that don't want to you know don't or can't go to the theater or whatever case uh there you go and don't want to wait any longer uh it'll be there on the 20th there
1: you go and last but certainly not least we have a shutter movie shutter is just bleeding movies this month it is hemorrhaging titles um, we have Night of the Hunted. It comes to shudder on October 20th, and it is described as an unsuspect, unex- unsuspecting, good lord, woman stops at a remote gas station in the dead of night, and she's made the plaything of a sociopath sniper. I'm assuming that's a sniper.
0: As a sniper, yeah.
1: Okay. With a secret vendetta. So, um, you know, it, it's not often that we get movies kind of in this, in this vein, um, you know, like gunman movies. I, I think that, it's probably mostly to do with, you know, the the very real threat of a sniper in real life, yeah. um, c- kind of deters people from making movies about it. But I, I do see the potential this movie does bring, um, so I probably will check it out. You know, I, I like all these Shudder movies, so yeah. <laughs> yep, me too. I'll watch
0: it. Uh, you know, Shudder. I, I watch a lot of stuff on Shudder, just not even knowing a lot about it. Cause I just I have I have faith in them that much and what they're putting out there. That and Screen Box, both of them. They're, you know, I have a lot, a lot of faith in the the movies they're putting out, uh, you know, whether it be an old, you know, even an older movie they're bringing on or whatever, and I'll I'll scroll through and just pick something really kind of sight unseen. Just, I have that much faith in, in what they're putting out there, and, then, and I'm very rarely disappointed.
1: Same, same. Shorter's got some gems. But that being said, that wraps up our news, anniversaries, birthdays, and releases. That was a lot of stuff to digest, so if you mm-hmm. would like... We can give it to you in smaller bits. All you have to do is follow us on social media. That's right. If you want these in little bite-sized pieces when they come up, follow us on social media. We'll get sent out to you lickety split. Um, maybe not lickety split. This isn't a 2 to go order, but you know it is what it is. Uh, follow us on social media. That's all I got to say.
0: That's right. We're like we're like the caring parents that you know cut up your food. We'll do everything, but uh, you know, bring bring the spoon home via the choo choo for you. All you got to do is. <laughs> If you don't want the whole plate full, hey, well, we have it in bite-sized segments as well. That's right. But well, hopefully up- <laughs> hopefully, people are doing both, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess they're listening to this. They're doing – yeah, whatever. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> yes, follow us and listen to our podcast. That's what we want.
0: Do it uh- all. <laughs> Send us money. Oh, oh, sorry.
1: It's like that episode of uh, Family Guy where they're talking about subliminal messaging in the yeah. 80s when people yeah. are smoking. Smoke. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, in, like they live you was know, like obey
1: that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh lord anyways uh, coming up next we have our official review of the Straight to streaming Pest Cemeteries Bloodlines stick around
0: Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout that is listen to number two and screams or you can click the link in the show notes All right, we're back here on Listen to the Screams, and it is review time. And like I said, this episode we are reviewing Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which is out on uh, Paramount Plus right now. It is written by Lindsay Anderson Beer and Jeff Bueller, directed by Lindsay Anderson Beer, who uh, she's she's the proponent of Pet Cemetery now. She's she's the one that wanted to bring this back. She's wanting to push for more. Uh, she must be a I don't know. She must be a big Pet Cemetery fan, I guess. Uh, the movie is starring Jackson White, Natalie Allen, Lind. Forrest Goodluck, and David Duchovny. It was released October 6, 2023 on Paramount+. Plus, and the movie is a prequel to the 2019 Pet Cemetery remake. It is described as, in 1969, a young Judd Crandall and his childhood friends band together to confront an ancient evil that has gripped their hometown of Ludlow. Uh, the Pet Cemetery movies are all based on the 1983 Stephen King novel of the same name. And like I said earlier, there are discussions and interest in doing more Pet Cemetery films. Uh, after this one. Um, uh, so, you know, this, this movie came out, uh, almost, you know, a couple weeks ago, pretty much, but we had, you know, so much stuff going on. We didn't get to get to it immediately. There's so much, there are bigger releases. Let's to be frank, uh, theatrical releases that we had to cover. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no disrespect to Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, but it got shuffled. Uh, but you know, I, I did want to, you know, I like, I like Pet Cemetery, right? I, I love the original uh, and, uh, the remakes. All right. It's not bad for a remake. And, um, and, you know, so I, I was excited for this to come in, in, in theory, in context, because I thought, you know, a prick will be cool, right? We'll, we'll see some things. It'll, it'll expand the universe. And it did that. I mean, it did, you know, in the, in the, I did watch the pet cemetery remake after watching this, just so I could, you know, kind of remind myself of what was in the remake. And, you know, there was a part in where someone's looking at a newspaper clipping that talks about the, uh, a Vietnam veteran. Body turns up missing, you know, that was in this movie, right? With David, the David Duchovny character and his son. And, um, so, you know, it, there's direct links there. And, and so it did expand the universe somewhat. Yeah. But, uh, but the movie was okay, but I don't know that it expanded it much in a way that I don't know, really added, added a whole lot to it. You know, I, I was hoping it would add some elements that maybe were, were kind of a twist, you know, something different to to mix it up a little. But it was kind of I don't know. It was kind of I think everything they told in this, we 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 pretty much got from the other movie. We just didn't necessarily see it, but it was, you know, alluded to enough that we knew it was just I don't know. It was odd. Um uh, it wasn't it was a little little slow for me. Uh it was well acted and well shot. And, and again, I, I like Pet Cemetery, the concept, and I love the original. And again, I do enjoy the remake. So, um, uh, there's enough there that it was okay for me because again, I, I, I'm a fan of Stephen King stuff. Um, uh, but that doesn't mean that every book or every short story that Stephen King puts out can be put out there and sorted out and divided and made into 13 movies. Some of it just needs to, let's tell it and leave it alone, you know, and, and go get another. Stephen King Booker story and and do sometimes, um, you know I I hats off to him for trying to do something else, and um and it's not that it completely failed it was there, you know it was okay but it's just I don't think to me there I don't think there was enough here to hold my interest as much as the the other movies the the, the old the original or the remake Uh I just don't think there was enough story here because it uh the the, the whole storyline stuff to be kind of fell short from the others. It wasn't as, as gripping and enticing to me. And I, so I was hoping they would, like I said, would put a twist or put something in there that would, uh, that would catch me. And and I just don't feel like they did. It just felt kind of, kind of ho hum and, I not you know, it, it drug along a little bit for me. Uh, I, Ike, what'd you think? Yeah. So, uh, you know, so here's the deal.
1: When I started watching the movie, obviously I, I kept in mind the remake of the Pat Cemetery movie. And I, I will say this before I get too started here. Um, I do agree with pretty much everything Dave said. You know, this movie, it wasn't really breaking any new ground. It was all kind of stuff that we already knew. Um, you know, the main kind of the protagonist, his name's Judd. Um, you know, he is the old man that's played by John Lithgow in the uh, remake. Um, so there is a very direct tie-in. Um, but there, there's a very... So I, I have a comment to make here in just a minute. But what I'm going to say is this: um, basically, the whole movie is the premise around this uh t- town of Ludlow sort of has um this dark history with the pet cemetery, you know what I mean it's been around for at least since like the 1800s when the you know the colon the colonists were here and shit like that um so it, it has it's basically establishing that this is not a new thing that this has been around for a, a long time. all right, cool, that makes sense. And it establishes all these characters. It establishes uh, the Judd character that is in the remake. Um, and it establishes all kind of like the founding families and everything else. So it, it does a good job of kind of establishing some of those background characters that you see in, even in later movies. And kind of like Dave said, it talks about, you know, some things that you maybe missed in the first movie that were just mentioned briefly. Um uh, now here's my my primary issue. This movie is centered around you know the Vietnam veteran uh, who dies and you know basically his body goes missing and all of a sudden he's alive again. Right? That's that's I think his name's Tommy uh, in the movie. Um, that's kind of the main premise is that he's brought back to life by the past cemetery. He starts to become corrupted and he starts killing people. Um, he starts corrupting other people as well. And that's basically the premise of any past cemetery movie. Now, before I get into my major critique of just, like, the, the two movies in general, uh, one of the things that I did like about this movie is that they very much, um, they, they showed more of, like, how these corrupted individuals that are affected by the Pet Cemetery Act, you know what I mean? Um, you, you get some of that in the original movie with the, with the little boy, um, and you get a little bit of it, too, in the newer remake, too. Eh? But I feel like this one also kind of goes deep into sort of, like, the mythos, where is talking about how they can like basically read your mind. They kind of know everything about you. And also, um, the, the decaying flesh. That was, that's a very interesting point they put in. And, uh, the, uh, the visual effects were very cool with that. So, um, I like that. But he- here, here's my biggest gripe about this movie, right? So it establishes that the main character in this is Judd, who is the main character in the new Pet Cemetery movie and he is very firmly of the belief that sometimes dead is better. He says it. He reinforces it. Why in the flame, flaming fuck did he let that guy bury his child in the pet cemetery? Why did he even tell him about the pet cemetery? If in this movie it is it is clearly established that it the pet cemetery does no good, the pet cemetery absolutely should not be trespassed upon. Like and why? Why did this old motherfucker do that? I don't remember. I didn't watch the new movie. Is there a yeah. reason why? Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, he, uh, and he talks about how he he buried his dog when he was younger and it came back and it was, yeah, a little out of control. But he, but he said that his dog was already mean. It already was a little wild and he thought that was just why it was wilder. He thought the cat, the little girl's cat was so tame and nice that it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you know, impact it the same. And he, he, I think he was so adored the little girl and was such, you know, had grown so close to her. He couldn't stand the thought of her hurting because her cat was gone. So he thought it, it'll be okay. The cat, will, the cat will be okay. And the little girl, you know, won't hurt, you know, we'll have her cat back. Um, I mean, I guess obviously he didn't think it through the, oh, something will happen to one of the kids and he'll bury his, the kid there. Um, he just, I think he just thought since this is a nicer animal, it will come out as a nicer comeback. And, uh, that's, that's what he thought because he thought he was doing, he thought he was doing something good for the little girl because he, he had grown so close to her.
1: Right. Well, okay. So my only response to this is three words. Fuck them kids. All right. Here's the thing. Um,
0: I I don't care. I know. It it, it is weird. Uh, It's weird the way they've done it for this, the prequel to set to to get to that now. Before it was okay. It kind of made sense, right? If you, without this prequel, it wasn't that big a deal, right? I understand. Oh, he didn't want the little girl to hurt. He, He, you know, maybe he wasn't as knowledgeable on, on, on how bad this could be. Right. But if this has been around for all this time and he'd experienced it already, not just the dog. But in other things uh, happening, and and his friend or you know classmate or whatever, and, and what happened to him when he was buried, and he was supposedly supposed to protect this area, yeah. and this cemetery, and, and and not let it happen again. You would have thought I don't I don't give a shit if it's a flea. Ain't nothing getting buried in that thing. It's well, just we're just not going to do it again. We're not taking that chance again. And uh, I don't well, know. Well, that guess. was.
1: That, that was my thought process because I'm like, this movie, I mean, it could not make it any clearer that the Pet cemetery needs to be a secret. The only people who need to know about the Pet cemetery are the people who are trying to keep a secret. Like, that's yeah. basically how this movie establishes at the end of the movie that that's – I mean, all the people who knew about Pet cemetery are dead except for Judd and Manny. Now, Manny, we don't see again. I, I, I have a feeling that he will come up in maybe a future movie. Which I think would be cool. I, th- I think that if they kind of followed that track and maybe, um, maybe somehow the the reach of the pet cemetery was expanded. You know, I feel like that could be cool. But uh, but yeah. So in the new movie, we don't see Manny. We just see Judd. So I maybe it's a continuity. Honestly, I think it's a continuity issue. I think that they put way too much importance on keeping <laughs> the pet cemetery secret for. Uh, Judd, who was very directly and very negatively (laughs) impacted by the pet cemetery, Mm -hmm. his 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 fucking dad died because of the pet cemetery. He was just like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna let this random stranger who I have no idea who he is, I'm gonna tell him about it. And cause here's the thing, it's a slippery slope. You tell him about it for the the dog or the cat, then it's gonna slippery slope into well, my kid died, so I need to bury them in the pet cemetery. It's a slippery slope. That's what I'm telling you um it's which just, yeah <laughs> which they had
0: already experienced exactly that's my the, the, thing <laughs> the prequel establishment again that's what i'm you know when you just take the the original movie or the the remake without this prequel you don't have all that the backstory to know what exactly. they've experienced so you can think okay well things have happened and things are you know maybe not the greatest or weird and there's tales and stories but judd's like well i you know i had a a mean dog that came back and he was still mean. <laughs>
1: okay, right.
0: You know, man, uh, maybe, it, maybe it was the dog. Maybe it was just the way the dog is. So it's not a big deal. Well, let's bury the cat, you know, make the little girl happy. But the fact that he saw, okay, let's see. um, uh, This guy, you know, came back from nom dead, got buried, came back and was killing people and was completely off his rocker. And this other, these other people, blah, 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 all this and that. And what, you know, so he's already seen this. He knew, you know, so it's like, he, he had to have known even with it only being a cat that it, yeah. it was going to come back wrong. So that, now, that's what you know, I was going to
1: say. Brandon, he,
0: <laughs> he did warn the dad when the kid died and he saw the dad. He's like, Hey, I know what you're thinking. Don't do that. You don't want to do it right. You know, you saw the cat. You don't, you don't want, and I get that, but it's like, why even dip your toe in with the cat? Why even, why even tell this guy about, it? I mean, yeah, they knew it was there, but why tell them what it can do? You know, yes. why I tell him it's something magical or something, you know, it, uh, I, it, 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 whether you look at it, if you walk at it now in the timeline, it, uh, it, it makes in the, the remake, the, the, the first movie, it makes him look like an idiot in that now. Yeah. Uh, Because of this backstory and, uh you know, and I know you can just, I guess you can cheap it out by saying, oh, it's all been all these years and he's an old man and uh, okay, this is not supposed to be something so little that he's going to just kind of forget about and
1: uh right and that that was going to be my thing too is the only way i could see them potentially explaining this away is like either this guy like has dementia but i mean it's, it's very clear he doesn't like he, he's very cognizant of everything he's doing in the new movie um very very clear-headed from what i can remember uh, i guess i'll have to re-watch the movie i i mean because i really like the remake I, I quite enjoyed it actually when i yeah. watched the first time around Uh, but i've only seen it the one time so i really should have watched it before watching this one or after you know some some sequence of that (laughs) of that order um but i think the only thing i could think is like they do talk about how like the pest cemetery like affects you the longer you're like there like you hear it more and stuff so i mean it it could have been the pest cemetery talking to him i guess i don't know um but it it's just like like you said it just it just feels very irresponsible for somebody who has all of the prerequisite knowledge that he has of how fucked up the pet cemetery is and how very very wrong things can go if even the slightest mistake were to happen and he still gives this information to somebody who he has no idea who this is he doesn't know how this person handles anything and the only other thing i could think is maybe he's trying to like pass the knowledge on so he felt like it was required to like tell him about it so that way he could keep it safe. But like, even then, like, it, it's just, it just seems deeply irresponsible to tell somebody he's never met before about this very powerful magic land. I just, I don't know. Given the information we have now, it just, it makes, it makes Judd look like an idiot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, the only other, you know, the only other thing I could say. Is it okay? Maybe, you know, does a cemetery have an influence, right? Does it have a power that would persuade him of uh, to do? But then you would think, okay, well, so if it has this power and it can do this and it hasn't done it for all these years up till now, I mean, you know, I don't know. It just especially since, you know, he already said his wife had died. So if it had this power and this pull on him, would it not have maybe tried to get him to bury his wife there and uh, or whatever? I don't know or. I don't know. I I don't call. It, I don't know. Uh, it was. It's just odd. It 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 felt to me like weak writing. Um, on the prequel, it's like uh, they they knew what they had to work with, established, and it's like they knew what they wanted to do, and even though there was a point there that clashed with the other, they just they just went for it anyway, to, and thought, oh, it's not that big a deal, you know. He's just doing it, whatever, whatever the reasoning is, or whether he even had a reasoning. And uh, they thought it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a, a, a clash, and it really is. It, uh, I mean, it's kind of like the biggest clash. I mean, it's, yeah. This is what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be protecting this cemetery, keeping it secret, protecting others from it. And but you know, then he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did your cat die? Okay, I'll break this rule that I've done for decades. Let's bury the. Cat. It just, it, it. Made him look like a putz, and um, and uh, and the, and truth be told, the bottom line, even d- in doing that, they didn't get enough. There wasn't enough benefit on their part. It's no. not like they made this spectacular movie that you know, put a flaw on the other movie, but it's like, well, the, you know, you got a good movie. It's, it's still kind of a ho hum movie. That it's just, I don't know. It, I think it was kind of a, it was a weak, it was kind of a weak writing point there. And yeah, it, uh, it, it, yeah it, it bothered me, too.
1: <laughs> I was literally I was I was li- like last night I was literally laying in bed thinking about this. I was like, man, I was like I, and I had to make my wife watch the movie because I'm going to talk to her about it later. Um, Because now I'm going to have to rewatch Pet Cemetery just to confirm that I'm not completely off about all this. But it's like it just it just it honestly this movie makes the events of Pet Sematary, <laughs> the Pet Cemetery actual movie just seems so absolutely unnecessarily reckless like just ridiculously so um it just it just seems like a very profound series of very wrong turns (laughs) it's just yeah it's almost comical and like you know obviously i'm i'm definitely one to kind of just take the movie at face value like it's just a movie i'm not that worried about it but yeah it definitely had me thinking because when i watch movies especially movies where they do like prequels and stuff um, it, it, you have to be very careful with prequels because you can very, very, very easily, with bad writing, you can very easily fuck up that movie and and mess up how movies are perceived from that point forward. Um, and I, I think that's probably an, uh, an unexpected effect on this movie that kind of unimmersed me from the film is that I'm thinking to myself. All this horrible stuff happened, but then, like, he still did what he did in the next movie, and it just doesn't, it doesn't track. So, you know, I, it, this movie will be losing points on the test because of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, I do agree. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, you, you can get away with maybe, you know, fudge a few, uh, if there's a little something here and there, it's not a big deal that you can just write off as the time or whatever. But when you're kind of taking one of the strong, Backbone points of the the one of the main characters in the other movie, and I don't know you can't really just I don't know you have to have a very clever work workaround if you're going to try that, and there yeah. was no work workaround at all. They just said, "Oh well, let's just do it," and uh and and again it was uh yeah the the movie I, I don't know I, I hate to I hate to you know say but it's not like it was a well written movie anyway. It was just like I said, it was just kind of kind of dull and kind of boring and uh. It, it, it it felt like more like footage they cut out of the other film or whatever at the beginning, right? It's like, oh, we don't need to tell all this. We, you know, we've, you know, we could do it in some remembering moments and, and just mentioning and we could tell the same tale. And it's just, again, I had hopes that it would throw something unique in there and add something to the lore that, you know, that would really give it purpose. And, um, and I just don't feel, I don't, I don't feel that I didn't feel it did. So, and it it, kind of let me down. I, I, you know, I, I, I want a prequel or a sequel to tie to the other properly and respectfully, but yet I wanted to do something to make it stand on its own too. And, uh, this movie didn't do either really to me. It, uh, like we said, it, it created a flaw in the thinking, the connection between the other a little bit. And it didn't, I just don't think it had enough legs to stand on its own. So, um, so again, and I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a pet cemetery fan and it, it, it let me down. So, uh, I got are you, anything else you want to say or are you ready to rate this thing?
1: Nope. I think I'm ready to rate
0: it. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll go first again. Uh, for pet cemetery bloodlines again, I, I have to give this thing a two out of five. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even, necess- I didn't find it enough to, to be what I would call enjoyable. It's like some of the franchises that, that have so many sequels and you, there's just one you get to and you're like, yeah, I don't want to watch this one. I don't, I have no desire to watch this one again. Uh, it, it's, it's whatever. It's just nothing there. That's what this is. Um, I, it's, I don't foresee it being a movie that I would ever watch again. It just didn't have enough there to interest me. So for me, it's two out of five screams.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'll give it as low as a two, but I, I am going to give it a two and a half screams out of five. Um, you know, to me, a three is a good movie. A two is a movie I didn't really care for. A two and a half is a movie that had some redeeming qualities, but it was not enough to make it enjoyable enough for me to give it a three. So two and a half out of five from
0: me. Well, there you go. A cumulative, uh, what is that? A two and a quarter? Uh, yep. two and a quarter, <laughs> I guess. So slightly better than a two for us for, uh, pet cemetery bloodlines. I just, Come on guys, when you got a franchise that has some name value and you're on a, a strong network like Paramount Plus, come on, do, do, just do a little better, right? Just put a little more effort into, into tightening up some of those holes and uh, knock yourself yeah. up a little bit. So
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: again, I don't, I mean, I don't, there's not, not that we can just sit here and just point out things to make this better. I just don't, I don't think there was, I don't know. I think you would have had to pretty much come up with this. A variation of the story to make it better. It needed something more. It just needed to be something more to it. Uh, along with cleaning up some of what they had, if they're going to keep that, that as a basis. It just, it just needed something. Um, but, uh, that it, I don't know, it lacked for me. So, so there you have it. Uh, pet cemetery bloodlines, two and a quarter screams out of five for us. Uh, you know, so go out to Paramount plus watch it for yourself. Let us know what you think and give us some feedback on social media. Like we mentioned earlier. We're on all those platforms, so go and follow us and make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, like we've mentioned a few times, next episode, we are doing our Halloween franchise episode. Uh, we are celebrating the 45th anniversary of the first movie being released on October 25th, 1978. And in doing so, we are going to do one of our franchise episodes where we're taking all the Halloween movies of the franchise and we are going to rank them, uh, from one down on our favorites, what we enjoy the most, uh, cumulatively, cumulatively between me and Ike. And then in the process, we'll discuss each movie, uh, like we've done with other franchises. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I like doing these and Halloween is one that, uh, I'm probably one of the ones that I'm most excited to talk about because oh, yes. I, I, I really love the franchise. So, uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm ready to, to talk all things, uh, filled and, uh, related next week. So. Ike, before we close this out and get out of here, anything else you want to add? Um,
1: I'm super excited to review Halloween next week. I'm also super excited to see, um, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's next Friday. Yep. Um, I, I, was just going to watch it on streaming and I know we'll probably talk about it next week too, but I'm, I am actually going to go to the theaters on Friday after I get off work. So I'm pretty pumped.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll probably just catch it on streaming. Uh, but the yeah, that, uh, in Five Nights at Freddy will be coming up, uh, as one of our reviews. Uh, that will be on the uh, episode the week after, the, the next one. So it'll be on our November 2nd episode. Uh, we will review Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, it works out well for us. Like I said, we want to do the Halloween franchise episode. And then during the time period that that episode we record and release, Ike will be out of the country on a cruise. So the fact that there's a little bit of a gap there allows us to see the movie, go ahead and record the episode, have it ready to go so that we can still release it on time and still – have a fairly relative, uh r- relatively new movie in it, so it works out pretty well. And uh then also in the course of all that on uh Halloween day, we will release our special bonus episode that we release every Halloween holiday. Uh everyone, like the, the the one we've had, you know. I, I act like we've been doing this for our whole lives. Uh, like <laughs> we did last year. Uh and this Halloween special this year will be the Screams Family Halloween special. It will release on October 31st, Halloween. And it will be, uh, it'll be full of all kinds of fun things. Uh, we suspect that Kayla and Monica will join us to help lead us in a trivia game, uh, that'll be a little more ramped up and a little more wide ranging, uh, than what we do here every few weeks. So it, it should be fun, should be entertaining. Uh, I may encourage all of us to be drinking while we do it just to make the giggles and fun be, uh, e- even more. Uh, but, uh, it'll basically just be us having a good time and celebrating Halloween. So. That's what you have to look forward to us in the next couple of weeks. So whew, that was a lot. And uh we've, we've kind of gone along with this episode kind of wild. I don't know <laughs> what, I don't know what we got talking about so much that really got us uh stretched out. Uh But, uh but we did. Uh, uh, oh, we, we always did talk about the short. So we basically have done two reviews. So there you go. Whatever. It's okay. It's all fun. Hopefully you stuck with us through the entire thing. Uh, and then next week, like I said, the Halloween franchise episode, but until then, Wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.